challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, we begin. Great to have you with me here on the Great Man Podcast. Let's dive in. Winston Churchill once said that when the tones of life ring false, we should refer to the tuning fork of death. Now, this sounds dark, and people might assume that this was coming out of Winston Churchill's lifelong battle with depression. But I want to tell you that I think it's one of the most important lessons for life, and I think it's also one of the most important lessons for men. So I want to describe a personal situation and then take you to a theme that I have referred to before in this podcast, but I always want to keep before you, and that is the tuning fork of death. About a week ago, we got the news in our family that a beloved nephew had not awakened. Quite literally, he went to sleep, and the next morning, uh, he was discovered to have passed away during the night. And uh, we were sad, obviously, grief-stricken, tearful. Uh, We canceled things, went to the funeral, comforted the family, uh, did all the things that you do. Uh, And it's still a sadness, and it will always be a sadness because we miss him. And even though I'm a Christian who believes in the resurrection, who believes that uh, Jesus has taken the sting out of death— and that death does not have a victory, still, we human beings here in this life, when someone dies, uh, we're left without them. We're experiencing space and time. We're not in eternity yet. And so we experience their loss. And that's what we're experiencing now. But I, I want to say that that the process of facing someone's death, a, a subject, by the way, we usually avoid, especially in our Western culture. We really sanitize death. We really keep that idea at a distance. But the idea of facing death and what our deaths might mean and what our life could mean leading up to our death is something that for centuries people have done and it has made them better. Uh, Some of you may know my academic work is in history, and so I've read a lot of letters of the founding fathers of America and famous people, and they often would sign their letters Momento Mori, and it, this is Latin for remember death. So here they are writing, you know, hey, I'll be in Boston next week and hope that you'll be able to meet me and blah, 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 business, business, business. And then they signed their letter, remember death. What was the point? They were urging each other to live deeper lives, live more meaningful lives, live more high impact lives because you contemplate your death. First of all, your death can come at any time. Uh, Second of all, there are certain things you'll want to have accomplished by your death. There are certain things you'll want to have said of you, more importantly, to be true of you at your death. And so this is critical Uh, in in the European tradition, uh, in the medieval tradition, in the early American tradition. The idea was that if people contemplated their deaths, thought about them, thought about who they were, what they wanted to be by the time they died, etc. Not just in a driven, motivational way, oh my God, I may only have a few years kind of attitude, but in an an attitude of when I die, I want to offer certain things to my God. I want to have left certain things for my family. I want to have fulfilled certain purposes I think I was made for. And so death aligns me. Death keeps me from the trivial. Contemplating death uh, causes me to think differently about my life. Uh, 
And this explains a great deal uh, of what we have seen in the Western tradition. If you have traveled in Europe, as I've often said before, um, you have gone perhaps to the great cathedrals and you'll see skulls uh, embedded in the architecture, embedded in the columns, uh, embedded in the stonework. And if you ask the wardens and those who are the docents there at that cathedral, why are these skulls there? They'll say they were put there so people might contemplate their death. They might contemplate eternity. Remember that you will die, uh, was the way that the, the ancients said it. This is, this is what's important. It's, it's, by the way, not just the way men thought. It's actually com- uh, spoken of in Scripture. One of my favorite books in the Bible is Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes tells us death is the destiny of all men, and the living should take this to heart. By the way, the word men there is not necessarily male. It just means all human beings. Death is the destiny of all human beings, and the living should take this to heart. In other words, we ought to contemplate our deaths. Um, there's, there's other, there are other parts of Ecclesiastes, again, one of my favorite books, that indicates, and I, I sometimes say this humorously, you know, that there's greater wisdom to be gained in the funeral home than there is at Pizza Hut. In other words, the, the house of mourning, it says, uh, grants greater wisdom than the house of feasting. And so the point's not to go depressed. The point's not to be dark. Uh, the, the, the very book of Ecclesiastes celebrates celebration and raising a glass and feasting and enjoying the beauty of life. It's, it, it, the Hebrew poetry is filled with this kind of thing, and I, I, I love it for that reason. But it is important, I believe, especially for men. I'm not d- dismissing, dismissing women in any way, but especially for men who are responsible for future conditions in their families, in their own lives, their own sense of God's calling and purposes in their lives, etc. This is certainly important for women too. And I've taught great gatherings of women where I've taught this exact thing. But for men is my purpose right now. It's very important that we contemplate our death. Please don't think this is just because Stephen's coming off of a week of grief. Um, it'll actually be grief that'll last much longer. It's simply that uh, having faced a funeral, having been at a funeral, I've again remembered I've again renewed my belief and the historic belief that contemplating death causes you to live, uh, live a d- deeper life. Now, a lot of people in the Western world try not to think about their death. Death, death comes as a surprise. Um, death is something that sneaks up on you and takes you. He's the grim reaper, and he takes you away, and that's the end of it. But the wise know that death's going to befall every man. As a rock star once said, nobody gets out of here alive. And so we are wise to think about our deaths, again, not to become morbid, not to become depressed, not to become preoccupied, but to, but to think about our deaths. One of the movie uh, moments that I've often enjoyed comes from Breaker Moran, and, and, and it basically says, live every day as though you're last, for one day you're sure to be right. And that sounds trite, uh, but it's not meant that way. It's something I believe in. I could lay my head upon my pillow and, like my relative, not wake up tomorrow. What would that mean if that was going to be true? See, I'll actually sit and think about that. Not by the hour, but just a few minutes. What would it mean today if I was going to lay my head upon my pillow and not wake up tomorrow? Well, I might live a little differently between now and tonight. I might let the little stuff go. I might celebrate a little bit more. I might take my wife and who knows what, you know, dance around the room. I might call my kids and say, I sure do love you. I might, who knows what. But it, but, it would, but it would cause me to value life more, cause me to celebrate a little, a little bit more. It might cause me to raise not one glass but two, eat not one portions but two of dinner, uh, you know, express love more fully. 
Um, I don't know that I'd watch any TV. I don't know that I'd sweat the small stuff. I don't know that I'd take uh, phone calls from those who just want to worry me for an evening. I might read a book. I might go for a long walk. I might light some candles and and enjoy the beauty of, of, of the night. You understand what I'm saying. Death, the contemplation of it changes it. Now, suppose that I am not just thinking about dying tonight, but I'm thinking about dying in 10 years or 20 or 30. I'm still young enough that I could die in 40 years, given how long people are living today. Well, that's important to think about. Suppose death doesn't come for me for 40 years. I've often said, I've said it on this podcast, that a lot of people are going to be surprised by how long they live, not how near death is. The retirement system is often set up for people to retire in their early 60s. Well, good heavens, a lot of these people who retire in their early 60s uh, may live into their 90s or or over 100. A man just recently died. Um, the, the, the press was celebrating. He was 112 years old. When Bev and I looked at his picture, we couldn't believe it. It looked like people we know who are in their 80s. So modern medicine, all sorts of things are going to help us live longer if we don't die of other sort of unnatural causes. So I want you to make a discipline of contemplating your death. I want you to sit quietly in that control room we've talked about before, that condition where you just sit quietly and contemplate your life and let your imagination, your mind, your heart, your spirit go out over your life. And I just want you to think about your death. What will it mean for your wife? What will it mean for your oldest child, your next child, your next child, your son, your daughter? What will it mean for your business? What will it mean in terms of what God thinks, a God you, you sense, what you believe God has made you for? What will it mean in terms of the legacy that you leave? You know the the business motivational uh, process they often do at retreats and so on, corporate retreats. They'll say, why don't you write out the obituary you really want? The, the obituary you'd like to have uh, set of you or maybe read at your funeral. The, the funeral oration you'd like to have set of you when you die. And then start living for it. Well, that's not a bad process. But the main thing is just to get you consider your death. Again, I want to say very clearly, not 24-7, not around the clock. We'd have to go rescue somebody who was thinking about their death all the time. But we ought to just, as Churchill said, refer to it. We ought to just think about it. We ought to just contemplate. We ought to just to allow the possibility, well, the certainty of our deaths to align us for certain purposes. I tell you what, we'll sweat the small stuff less, we'll live more deeply, we'll love more fully, we'll honor God more richly, and we will probably accomplish things we wouldn't have otherwise if I knew I had a year to live. And I'm not going to know that, by the way. That's one of the great things about death is that we we don't know when we're going to die. So just contemplating death causes you to live more deeply with the time you have, you'll never know when it's going to come. Well, some people do, but rarely do we know when it's going to come. It didn't for my relative. It didn't for my relative. He didn't know when it was going to come. So gentlemen, contemplate your death. Think about it. Just sit and and consider if when your death comes, what would you like for the situation to be? What do you believe the your calling is for the situation to be? What is the destiny for your situation to be? What's best for your family, et cetera, et cetera. And not all of it's work and not all of it's lawyers and not all of it's, you know, about what you do with your money. A lot of it is about the emotional and spiritual legacy you leave. And some of it's just about joy. I think, frankly, if you knew you had a year, you'd travel more. I think if you knew you had a year, 
you'd, you'd love more. You'd call old friends. You'd try some things you haven't tried before. If I had a year, I'd probably travel some places, and eat and drink some things I haven't before and pull some people close. And, and trust me, I wouldn't be sweating the, the, the pipes at my building. <laughs> I wouldn't be sweating real estate decisions. I wouldn't be sweating, you know, I certainly probably would stop trying to, you know, get in shape every day of my life or who, who knows what you, what you would change. But it's, it's good to think about. It's valuable. It's healthy. And now many of you know what I'm going to say next. That also when you're contemplating your death, I'm not going to hide from the fact that for a man especially, you got to consider what I'm calling the docs, D-O-C-S, the documents. You need to have a will. You need to have life insurance. You need to have, if you can, uh, your burial insurance or your burial and, and funeral already paid for. I've, I've lectured you many times in this podcast about not leaving your descendants without, about the men that I know, even accomplished men. Prince, for example, his estate years later after his death is still in contest. Why? He didn't leave a will. So every man listening to this needs to have a will. Every man, if he has a descent survivors uh, that he's responsible for, it needs to have life insurance. Every man needs to, if he can, prepay for his funeral. Every man needs to leave the right documents, even letters to loved ones, even letters to uh, to sons and daughters, just in case. I have that. I have things that will actually be given to them, to my old children who are both in their 30s, um, all in their 30s. Uh, I have letters that will be given to them if I die. So think about those things and make sure you have the docs as well as the spiritual, emotional, and the broader legacy issues that we're always talking about. Now, thank you for hearing me on this. It's not just that Mansfield's emerged from a tough week and he's thinking about death. It's that I'm reminded of exactly what Winston Churchill said. When the tones of life ring false, refer to the tuning fork of death. That's what I'm asking you to do, because this is one of the arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 